Oh, oh, one more thing. Welcome to Just One More Thing, a podcast about Columbo, where we're trying to go through every single episode of the beloved 70s, 80s, and 90s murder show. I'm R.J. White. And I'm John Morris. This episode, we're discussing Dagger of the Mind, originally broadcast on November 26th, 1972, directed by Richard Quine, written by Jackson Gillis, and starring Richard Basehart, Honor Blackman, Bernard Fox, Wilfred Hyde White, John Williams, the entirety of the Queen's Guard at Buckingham Palace, and of course, <laughs> Peter Falk as Columbo. And each time we are joined by a special guest. Uh, this program, it is Manning Kroll, a bon vivant and raconteur, <laughs> joining us from Brooklyn, a borough of New York City. Uh, but before we bring him on, John, what was this episode all about? Or essentially, John, yeah. what's all about, Alfie? Well, uh, let me tell you, RJ. Uh, Basehart and Blackman play a husband and wife duo of highly acclaimed stage actors who, despite headlining a guaranteed boffo smash hit adaptation of Macbeth, are nonetheless taking advantage of their wealthy benefactor. Producer Sir Roger Toucheds Haversham is being bamboozled by Basehart and seduced by Blackman. Yes, honor offers her honor, and his honor honors honor's offer. And the rest of the night, it was honor and offer. Good night, everybody. Good night. Uh, a revelatory dressing room scuffle leads to Sir Roger succumbing to the fatal abuse of a high-flying cold cream jar. This leaves the couple little choice but to smuggle his corpse all the way back to his mansion in California, leaving the body <laughs> at the bottom of a stairwell and trusting Scotland Yard to basically not care enough to investigate too closely. And they're in luck, as Chief Inspector Dr. Bombay basically cannot <laughs> bother his own arse. Unfortunately, a canny butler, a crusty stagehand, an errant pearl, and visiting American police lieutenant Frank Colombo stand between them and a clean getaway. Nicely done. That Thank you very much. I'm, I'm going uh, to send that to the Museum of Broadcasting right after we're done recording. My entire life I've wanted to do the honor and offer joke. My and there you go. And I, and I, had to, I had to wait for a podcast to exist <laughs> and a podcast... Starring Honor Blackman. 40-year-old murder show. So there you go. You liked it. You like yourself some Honor Blackman. It was good. Oh, I do. Uh, Honor Blackman. It was a, I think, and yes, I have no problem. And you know, she's still around doing stuff. She's um, uh, she's out there uh, protesting for uh, pensioners there in England and London. She's still uh, doing stuff. So that's good for her. Yeah. Always good to hear. Yes. Um, Oh, I said Manning. (laughs) <laughs> Are you there? Sorry. We'll stop talking about Honor Blackman for a minute. No, you yeah, know what? I mean, the yeah, lovely I'm, Honor I'm Blackman. This. Let's keep talking about Honor Blackman. I would. I'll talk with yeah. her. All apologies yeah. to Chris Sims. I talk with her, uh, talk about her uh, more than I would uh, Julie Newmar. Julie, but Julie Newmar. I'm, I'm still in the Julie Newmar camp, but my father really had it bad for Honor Blackman, so you're in that company. Well, God bless him. He, yeah. was, he was a smart man. Manning L. Crow. Yes. Hey. Welcome to the program, hey, sir. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Now, um, something we ask of our guests sometimes, like, oh, hey, so your experience, Columbo, yours is a recent experience, Columbo, but you've just been diving the heck into this stuff. Oh, uh, yes, tell sir. Us, tell us a little bit about that. Let me tell you all about it. So okay. uh, I actually have never seen Columbo before in my life, but I've been a big fan of your podcast since you started it. God and, bless uh, you for saying so, but yes. I've <laughs> tweeted multiple times that it was my favorite podcast about a TV series that I had never seen. Good. And uh, so when can I, uh, can I stop you there? What oh, other please. podcasts about TV shows you've never seen? I think there's a good to? small wonder one out there. That's yeah, uh, that's in in my top five certainly. Are you in the Mork uh, and Mindy podcast? The Mork no, and that, that show I actually watched as a kid, so oh, okay. I, can't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't copy them. Um, but uh, so when uh, when you and I uh, when you guys and I first started talking about having me on the show, I started binging on Netflix, and I happen to have. A big art project I was doing at home with paper mache that meant that I was elbow deep in glue for weeks and weeks. And I just watched episode after episode after episode. And I made it through four seasons, which Holy is about. I've, yeah, I have yeah. not seen everything from all four, 
first seasons yet. I, wow. I'm telling you, I lost my mind. I became a little bit crazy watching uh, Columbo. And I think I, I might have mentioned in an email where I would be seriously working on this paper mache stuff with all this glue. I can't stop. And the fifth or sixth episode I'd seen that day would end. And the next one, I knew it was coming on in 15 seconds. And I was screaming at my computer, no, no more. I can't. I can't go on. <laughs> but, but not uh, because but you didn't like it, because no, no, it was no. too much. Well, yeah, in, like, a, a, one a bit sitting. Too much. It's, you got to space it out. But I'll tell you, I learned a lot about the show from listening to your podcast and oh. watching it through that lens was really, really interesting because I got to see the formula and see how, you know, Columbo figures stuff out. And um, anyhow, it, it, I made it through about 30 episodes and wow. uh, I ended, I Jeez. guess, at the, probably, probably right at the end of season four. I could be wrong about that. But uh, I have, you know, a few favorites. And yeah, it's, it's been fantastic. It's been fun. I'm talking about, talking about it with people at work and, you know. It's, wow, uh, really? And how's that been going? Oh, that's <laughs> fun, just, man. Really? Yeah, I mean, people well, people familiar with it around the office, well, or okay. So, I mean, I work in. Uh, Are you a guy uh, like? Oh, here here comes Manning, and he's going to no, talk about Columbo uh, again. They duck into no, their offices. No, no, I work in technology. I work with a lot of nerds and a lot of uh, you know um, pop culture fans, and uh, talking about podcasting and social media and all that kind of junk. I said, oh yeah, my friends do this podcast, so uh, it's actually been a, a big topic at work lately, oh, and, wow. col- and people's experience with Columbo. But I'm a huge fan now. Well, there we go, Columbo convert. Uh, as as a point of curiosity, so you have some favorites. What are your uh, what are your favorites out of the ones you've seen so oh, far? Oh well, let me open up my uh, my word document, um, <laughs> <laughs> my Columbo diary. Yeah. So um, actually, the first episode, "Murdered by the Book," hooked me so hard. I loved that episode. And that I went back is and a great a one coming out of the book. Uh, I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ, yeah. that is a thing. If you're starting off a TV series, an episode, that's good. We'll be getting to it soon. Cool, but, man. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's a couple uh, sort of, uh, you know, pilot type episodes before that. I haven't seen those. I've only seen what's on Netflix. So uh, for me, this is episode one, Murder by the Book. I, right, I know yeah. there's a couple. Yeah. And then um, I loved, I think I told you guys, I love Suitable for Framing, the one with the extremely pretentious art critic, the insufferable. I, you know, I, I think I, I prefer all the episodes where the villain is the most elitist, insufferable, snobbish prick possible and there and are a is, lot of those you're not going to suffer for choice with that a, absolutely yeah so that a really big and then the donald pleasance one where he's the uh you know the wine snob that one oh i, really, I love that one i yeah, cannot yeah, wait yeah. to get to that one because that one you just feel kind of bad for the guy too it's and very, i should i should mention uh although i said i never really watched the show before i had seen part of one episode before which was swan song the johnny cash episode oh yeah was, i'm a tremendous johnny cash fan and uh and i can't make it uh you know five minutes into a conversation without mentioning that i live in france but when i was living in france <laughs> uh, <laughs> Colombo, Colombo. I don't think you guys know this. Colombo is a tremendous phenomenon in we've France. Been, yes, we've been know. hearing about that. France and England. It's, oh, because hey. it's oh. just it's never gone off the air in both like it's, in Europe. And, and and there you go. Weird. Let me tell you about it, man. Because when I moved to France in 2005, I'm in the subway in the the metro. There were giant subway posters, huge subway posters, larger than life, of Peter Fox what? sitting in a. Yeah, I'm telling, dude, you're not going to believe me. Um, they have photoshopped posters to advertise the show because, you know, it's in syndication on television. And um, they had photoshopped Peter Fox's head onto a, a model dressed as Columbo because the whole thing was really high res and clearly this photo did not exist in any archive. Wow. And it was very obviously photoshopped. But, uh, you know, giant life-size, actually literally larger than life-size, a bit larger, uh, cop, uh, no, not cop car, his crappy car with the, uh, you know, in profile with the door open and an actor sitting in the car dressed as Columbo with Columbo's head photoshopped onto it. And it was, uh, you know, with whatever, um, whatever, whatever text in French advertising that was on TV at night. And the French had this huge obsession with detective stories and crime stories right, all the way yeah. back to like murders in the Rue Morgue, all that right, kind of, yes. you know. And they call them uh, policiers, les policiers, just like police stories. So Columbo is an enormous phenomenon in France. Wow. I talked about it a little bit with my girlfriend, who, who's French, and, uh, and she knew. And Wait, this, uh, Manning, yeah. uh, d- did she also live in Paris? She, she lived in Paris. Oh, wow, well, okay. She's not I want to make Paris, sure. But she's from the south of France. But uh, anyway, uh, she lived in Paris. Living. And she, in just like mentioning it, like your kind of 30-second discussion about Colombo, just blurted out the line in French of, what does Columbo say? You know, Columbo always says just one more thing or, you know, various, you know, just more, one more thing. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's the guy who says, uh, oh, yeah, just une dernière question. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah. thank you for saying it in French. Oh, my God, and, that's uh, great. And, and Wikipedia will tell you, he says, encore une question. Just like uh, one last question. But, uh, you know, just like in the American version, he says it a little bit different from episode to episode. So uh, that was enlightening. And I went and found on YouTube a few French clips of Columbo, which are hilarious. Oh, hey, tell you what. <laughs> Send those 
to us. Oh, we'll yeah. Definitely put them up on the uh, Tumblr. It's uh, Team Colombo, the Tumblr.com. Cool, put yeah, them yeah. on our uh, Twitter. Yeah, we'd love to have those. Great. Awesome. Because I was going to ask. Doing yeah, Peter yeah. Falk impression? Yeah, I was going to oh, ask yeah, that, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's really? doing. So he's, he's doing, doing like a French Peter Falk impression. He's doing Pierre Falk. No, yeah, he's doing Peter Falk as Columbus. Wow, for sure. that's so weird. Because, I mean, like, why would you bother doing that then? No way. Listen, if you're just getting the show. In France, right. you don't know what the American version sounds like, so that's You're absolutely right. I've, I've wondered the same thing, but every show that's dubbed in French, the actors try really hard to get the voice right. And so wow. The Simpsons, watch The Simpsons on YouTube in any other language. All the actors are doing the voices of the characters from the American version. That's a, a regular thing that happens. Well, I really, I really want to hear the... Uh... French Peter Falk, because that would awesome. just be amazing. Yeah. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, and, and we cool. will post that on our uh, Twitter and our uh, Tumblr accounts. Cool, cool. That see that thing still gets me. The fact that in in France and England, the show has still stayed so consistently popular because they've just been running it every single year. Whereas here in the U.S., you have to kind of like, well, back in the old days, it would be UHF station. You find it at like you know ten o'clock well, yeah, on a Sunday morning or late at night. And now it's running on our equivalent of UHS stations, I guess, which are these like kind of like uh, uh, HD, and then it's like point one, two, and three things like uh, Me TV or Antenna TV or something like that, where they're running like a whole bunch of the old TV shows, and they like it just kind of people know about it, but it's not out there and broadcast on a regular basis. So it's man, it, it's it, so it, big in France. So strange. We have a fascination yeah. with the new in this country. We we. We used to have TV specials. You guys are both old enough to remember this. Oh, yeah. That would just be previews of the upcoming year. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, no. And yeah. they would be like, they would be kind of events. Oh, yeah. And this weird thing that we, we constantly throw out old material. There's really no reason. There's a lot of shows that should be on constant loop. Like, the you know, Deadwood and The Wire. There's no reason those shouldn't <laughs> still be on oh, the schedule. Even, especially if you're over. like, well, I think HBO does do that in some of their, like, their sub 200 channels they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they're burying it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like their version of having a UHF station for the most part. Also, I don't know if Manning knows this, but, you know, in in Britain, there's the the tradition of, uh, I think it's two series and you're out. Yeah. Where they just do, like, they'll do 12 episodes of a show, and as far as they're concerned, that's it. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know if in France, when they do original programming, if they have the same thing, so that there's a lot more space on their... Uh, on their broadcast to put in different shows. No, nah, that's interesting, man. I never heard about that, but uh, I'm one of those people who's so cool he does not have a television. So, uh, uh, oh well. So I'm not really up Heaven's on what, what happens when, like, regular people like you guys watch TV. I don't really know <laughs> anything did. about oh, that man. sort of thing. <laughs> and a lot oh, of it's right. fine. Uh, if you're trying to, if you have never met uh, or seen a photo of Manny L. Kroll out there listening to the podcast, and you just imagine like uh, an albino prince, <laughs> I, I have always, I've always imagined he sleeps every night in a <laughs> casket lined with fancy black suits. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> that's that's bad. always what I assumed Manning does yeah, every that's, night. That's not inaccurate. I thought it was a hyperbaric, a hyperbaric chamber that sucked the melanin out of his skin, so it would age slower. <laughs> well, I suppose we should start this actual episode. Oh, no, no, I'm out. I'm, I'm, no, I'm done. I'm done. No. See okay. Well, thank I you. Have... That's the show for this week. I want to thank our guest, uh, Manning Blaird. Um, so, this show, I had never seen this one before, um, even like as a kid watching Columbo with my parents. I was a little surprised by it, about, like, the the weird tone of it. <laughs> Sometimes just this very, very specifically broad British, uh, British farce, mm-hmm. and then you'd have a Colombo episode every once in a while, and it kind of worked for me, actually, in that way, given the setting and all that. I mean, like, uh, what, what, how about you guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, uh, I thought this was an interesting one because, of course, several of the episodes take a long, long, long time to actually get to Colombo showing up. And right. this one in particular, I, I imagined watching it. I, I said, imagine turning on the TV and this weird oh, English different show. drama is yeah. on, right? Completely and then you're watching it. Show. You're getting kind of wrapped up in it. Oh, where's this going? Oh, my God. They, you know, they sort of accidentally killed that guy. And then suddenly there's Colombo at the airport being weird and awkward. And, 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 and ruining a lady's luggage and being very overly uh, polite oh, about it. Not, and, yeah. not just one lady. He, uh, two, he, two different he ladies. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah and he's like weirdly aggressive. 
<laughs> on, a, on a level that's not acceptable. But, and, but, <laughs> to be frank. Uh, but especially uh, for Colombo, for someone who seems like yeah. he never flies, never travels, uh, amazingly well-adjusted to jet lag. Oh, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> That yeah, struck yeah. me. This entire episode is like, I, oh, right. He does a great job with that. I guess because he's, he's no always more, tired. Yeah, so no more disheveled safe. than normal. Yeah. He's not going to get any more rumpled. No, pretty much that's tired. true. <laughs> but also weird that he was going after a suitcase that was very distinct with a colorful floral pattern. And there were two different women who had the same suitcase in addition to his own, you know, copy of that suitcase. Right. Well, I think his I think his wife... Probably Mrs. Colombo buys luggage in the family, and he just yeah. never uses he, luggage. He, he actually said it. as much. That yeah. He does. He, yeah, he, yeah. Does. he does. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think uh, this episode came out in, what, 74? Yeah. 72. Yeah. And I think uh, that was the year Pantone declared uh, purple with flowers to be the color of the year. <laughs> Thank you, graphic people in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's got a real interesting beat to the whole thing. It's so odd and strange and interesting. And the fun thing to we you, you kind of touched on this in your uh, summary of the episode. A fun game to play this episode is, okay, what was shot in London and what was <laughs> shot in Los Angeles? And the one guarantee, uh, if you're making bets at home or doing the drinking oh. game, if it's got um, a Wilfred Hyde right in it, that that's going to be in Los Angeles. And right. why is that? Because he had immense tax problems with inland revenue. And they he could was not, not return to his homeland. He couldn't go back. They so all of his shot, stuff, uh, so everything with the butler had to be shot in Los Angeles. I actually think almost all of it was shot in L.A. There was some, there, anything that was outside, obviously, the, the theater, the London Wax Museum, which I'm guessing <laughs> there is, there can't be just a I London think was, Wax Museum. There yeah, but be... I mean that was that was in London though they shot that. I'm gonna yeah, guess that was definitely in London. All the, the exterior club, stuff. Was... The, the, the wonderful club scene. Oh yeah, that was in London. Um, that was in London, sure. London too. Yeah, no, sure. it was not. I what? looked it up. No, no, that... where, what? I th- I'm pretty I'm sh- sure. I am gobsmacked as they say. Okay, in you London. know what? I actually wonder if maybe I'm wrong about that. Let me take a look. But I think that was actually done in the U.S. Goodness, I'd like to go to that place. Yeah, right, right. Where is that? It looked like a classic English club. Trivia, trivia. Wow. Goofs. Where am I looking? All right. Talk about something else while I look this up. Well, All right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Actually, really? only, only, no, you guys are right. Only certain location shots and one interior scene. Hmm. The visit to the superintendent's gentleman's club. Yeah. In yeah. Okay. okay. Cool. Now, what made you guys sure that was Britain and not just some mansion in, in California? It didn't look like it at all. It looks like that was an old English oh, club. Man. That looked yeah, like just the is. architecture, the design. All of it, and plus that character actor they got in as the um, the uh, coroner, right? The coroner, oh, yeah. with the it fluid like, Yeah, it would. Oh, so funny. Um, yeah, <laughs> that that was. It just all seemed very, very authentically British to me. So I agree. There's an intangible quality to uh, you know this intangible difference, especially between... the club. Something passed off as a club. It's yeah, like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah it's... Something about the authentically old and the American version of let's make something that seems old and European. You can feel that difference. I, I can't explain it, but just seeing that shot, it just uh, to me, because... it felt like being in London. Well, actually, you know? uh, Manning, a Philadelphia thing here. Like oh, if you boy. compared that to say. If you just looked at like a shot with no people in it from the uh, supposed club in um, uh, Trading Places, you know, like oh, that's an American old imitation of what that's our fancy rendition. Over. Yes. Do you yeah, think it's exactly. the scale? Because I seem to remember like the Gentleman's Club in in Trading Places is is pretty like high roofed and big. Hmm. Yeah. And that the the British club in in Colombo was a little more it had a, it had large roofs, but they were a little more intimately spaced. It's just the, the carving, the walls, all of it yeah. just seemed like that's a fancy British thing that we cannot do here. It just seemed legit. And then the uh, the, the the waiter guy said a, a horribly misogynistic thing. Uh, where Columbus, thing? I, yeah, Columbus says something nice about the place. Hold on, I write it down. Columbus says something nice about the joint, and then the the guy says something about like, oh, that's why we keep the ladies out, sir. Oh, yeah. right, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, let me find. It. I, I I definitely wrote it down. But uh, oh, and you know what? While I'm looking through my notes, the best thing ever. When uh, when Columbo first gets there, I think he's still in the airport, and he's excited to be in England. And he says, "You know, just to be here, Scotland Yard, his, Jack the Ripper, all that." Yes, his, <laughs> I I love I love Peter Falk's performance in that scene in the airport in the uh, like the the customs thing, where the the Scotland Yard guy is interested. Like he just does some really great stuff where he's just 
acting like, oh, no, I'm honored to be here. It just seems very... It's like one of the best performances I've seen him of being just like a regular <laughs> guy there were, in this There were a lot series. of complaints about the, the camera scene when he's taking a photo of the changing of the guard. Oh, really? If you, if you look at the forums, there's a lot of people who think it's, it was over the top. I... <laughs> I it seems it like that's he, what he would do because he ran he out even, of a car. He just shoved himself into a crowd. And then he even yeah. like uh, brought in a classic Columbo thing, which is, oh, it's for my brother-in-law. It's his camera. Yeah. I want to give him the photos, which is like a thing he always does. Yeah. Oh, and then actually uh, leading up to that, there's a wonderful thing. When he first meets uh, Bernard Fox, Dr. Bombay, uh, who's the um, uh, superintendent he's supposed to be liaised with uh, this whole thing. The fact that this the, the Scotland Yard guy, he's got this very sleek Jaguar with a driver right. who takes him around to everything, takes him around to his murders and death cases, <laughs> is just amazing. It's such a great contrast to Colombo, Los Angeles, the American driving his beat-up French car, places where people are insulting it, just shambling all around, all these things. It, it was just a really wonderful visual sort of... Uh, example of trying to contrasting the two different worlds, I thought. Absolutely. There's an interesting thing they're doing with that, too, where uh, Bernard Fox's Inspector Dirk is obviously very upper class, and he's got a oh, yeah. high social position. Right. And usually, your upper class people are your enemies in a Columbo. So all he yes. really... Yes, oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. And he's an ally here, so but he can't be too good an ally because no. he's upper class. So the most... The worst thing he does is he really doesn't seem to be terribly bothered to solve this murder no at all so that's the that's the worst meanwhile the butler who is actually a skeevy little fuck yes but is lower class i love and that i love that turn i love that heel turn for him right it was and a wonderful heel turn for that guy there's some there's oh, just something God. so beautiful about that constant beatific smile he maintains yes. and the slightly <laughs> subordinate posture when yep. he comes in with the newspaper and the croissant and he's just uh, oh, it's the couple, the couple towards the end, yes. Where he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know what the hell you did, and now you're going to pay for now it. Because I pay need me. a oh, job because you killed my boss. So now I'm working for you until the next 20 years because I'm going to outlast you fuckers. So he's even now. He now he's a uh, uh, an accessory after the fact. Yes, he but doesn't he's care. Still, still a good guy though. Colombo really seems to like him. But even in after, their, even after, I mean, because the thing that's great about that, because uh, what happens is. Um, he covers up for the couple who murdered his boss mm-hmm. and then demands a job with them. But before that, there's thing where they go in to try to cover it up by taking the umbrella. And then the cops and Columbo come in. It's like, oh, was anybody in here looking for an umbrella? He's like, oh, no, no one was in here at all. And the great thing is there was no indication that he's going to do that. And then it's all of a sudden it drops that thing with a little line like, oh, he's he's playing a scam. He's got something yeah. he's doing. Why is he covering up for them? And so it's like a scene or two scenes later where you realize, oh, no, he's completely working this because he's as devious as they are. And yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I, I loved that. I didn't expect that. and It was great. Yeah. There was a there was a part of me that was a little when I first watched this, I was a little upset that that Bernard Fox or someone else wasn't going to turn out to be not necessarily a British Columbo, but the British equivalent of a very good detective. And we would get to see, like, two good detectives take different paths to get to a killer. Right. But I'm I'm pretty happy. Oh, no, I like it. It's with, like there's only one of these in the world. I'm, really, I'm just happy with Wilfred Hyde White because I just wanted one more, like, insidiously oh. clever guy. And that he was one of the bad guys makes it even better. One of sort of the bad guys. Oh, and we should, we should uh, bring up, too, uh, we talked about his uh, tax problems. That's why they had yeah. to shoot some of this in Los Angeles. There's a great line. Uh, when the uh, the couple, the terrible couple, is going to the house to try to set up like a fake alibi, a fake reason for the uh, uh, fellow getting murdered, and saying like, "Oh, well, we've got this expensive uh, copy of Macbeth that's signed by this uh, great English actor. <laughs> Wherever we get that before you know the authorities get here." And they let Wilford Hyde White get this line as he's going like, "Oh, well, uh, we we want to let the like the stupid little tax people get that, get right, their hands right. on, or something like that," which was like such a weird sort of meta thing to throw in. I wonder if at the time this was particularly well known because he was a, a really 
uh, like ubiquitous character actor. Oh yeah, he was. A, one thing I was surprised about is because he looks in this about the same age that he did in uh, My Fair Lady. Right. And then uh, he, li- I looked it up. He lived to be like a. He, he was didn't die until like nineteen ninety one, ninety two. I feel like maybe he was one of those guys who looked old, young, so he was able to play those kind of roles for like 30 or 40 years. I remember him uh, from Buck Rogers, which is almost 10 years after this. And he oh, he was the on the series? Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Oh, okay. Just for a year. I think like 80, 80. But he, yeah. looked, he looked like this pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, I think he like probably this. just looked like this the entire time and just was always that guy, character actor, who couldn't go back to London ever. So, uh, uh, Richard Basehart, uh, besides Peter Falk, is the only American actor in this episode. Which surprised me. Get out Dude, of well, here. Well, so how did you... did. well, I was surprised because as I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, oh, I always assumed he was American. I guess he was just this English guy who was doing American accent and Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea and all that. Yeah. I, I thought he was, I just assumed like, oh, I guess he was an English actor. I said no all this time. And then later on, looking it up, like, oh no, he's... Actually, did an okay job doing like some yeah, he's, from, he's from Ohio originally. I think. Yeah, or I think he did an amazing job compared to Arthur Mallet, who played the uh, <laughs> who's actually British. Yes, and, and I thought his he accent was, is insane. And I thought he was doing a crazy bad, horrible <laughs> American version of a terrible British accent. It turns out like no. He just did that for some Wait, reason. That, you, you guys are talking about uh, the guy, uh, Joe, the, sta- the, uh, stage, the stage manager. Channel. Yes, yeah. yes. That guy I found to be so unpleasant that yes. in my, that in my later sadly. viewings of the episode, I would fast forward through his scenes because I just couldn't listen to that guy. Yes, community. that's exactly there's, there's That's why I thought does. those two were switched around due to their nationality. Sure, yeah. Uh, there's, there's a thing he does where he doesn't say a word, more or less, but he's, he's fixing the radiator or the heater. Oh. In in Otter Blackman's dressing room, and she tells him not to because he's about to discover the dead body. Yes, and and he that complains. was one of the most that was one of the most British farce seeming scenes to me. <laughs> that whole thing where he's so close to the trunk, like yeah, so oh no, and like standing in front of it, and just like that's where it just got so broad and strange. That was just for some reason it was rope all of a sudden. Hey, so I wanted to tell <laughs> you guys uh, speaking yes. of. Uh, of- Oh, oh, actually, let, me, let me just let me kick this out real quick, and I'll throw it back. Yeah, I'm sorry, but it was just that he he's just, he gives that line about I was just trying to do something nice for you, Oof. and he gives this horrible like this mean look on his face, and then she says, "Well, that's really that's really quite nice of you," and then he suddenly got like impish glee, <laughs> and I'm just wondering if he was like crazy. Was yeah, he meant to probably insane? a little bit? I'm sorry, Manning. What were you? Oh saying? no, no, not at all. I, I just want to mention. I was googling the uh, just the main actors and the thing. I, I wasn't really familiar with any of them, but uh, but Richard Basehart's website, richardbasehart.com. Oh wait, what? Is, okay. Oh oh oh, oh I like yes. That. I've got a. You're in for a treat. Uh, richardbasehart.com <laughs> is still very much active. It is like Web 0.0. Oh. It is at the very bottom. Copyright October 20th, 2000. It's an ancient, oh. primitive website. Oh, and man, guess, this, is up, this is something before the uh, the Space Jam website. Yeah, 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 ex- yeah well, uh, Space Jam, that might be, what What year was that? It might be older. It might be 90, 98, something like that. Ah, this sure. is 2000. in a museum. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So check out, I urge all of your listeners to visit richardbasehart.com. A-R-T. It's, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, there's, some, there's some pretty good CSS in here, actually. It's really <laughs> nicely organized. The ba- oh, wait, this is good. No, the I'm not lying. The not here's, terrible. Here's the background color. It's D7E7F1. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> uh, we got to get... I, I was going to go with F2. I with animals. But I'm going to go with F1 because I just like the... It's warmer. F1 is warmer. Oh, he and his, he and his wife uh, started an organization to help animals. You know what? Oh well, now I feel terrible. I'm gonna let that website. No, go. I think I, I know this point. story. He he and his wife were driving down the street, and they actually saw a dog get thrown out of a car ahead of them. Oh, jeez! And that that so traumatized them and angered them that they dedicated themselves to an to uh, animal charities. Why are you making shit? This up? This is great. I think that's true. I think that's actually true. Man, Richard Basehart. The hero of this episode, though he murdered a guy. Well, actually, he did murder a guy. <laughs> no, his no, wife murdered a guy by throwing no, he, a bot- jar of cold he, cream at his head. He did murder a guy. Okay, all right. Now oh, that's right. Yes, actually, yeah, yes, yeah. he did it. Up he later, he yes. murders him. All right. Well, now so let's, the... let's let's drop that in. That um, <laughs> the the Wilford Hyde White, the uh, butler, uh, wants uh, to like kind of blackmail them into a job, and so they fake his hanging. His suicide right. to try to make it look like also 
perhaps the butler had robbed his boss and murdered him and that whole. I like I mean, that they didn't bother showing the struggle because it uh, that must have been just like picking up a doll. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like hanging a stick of beef jerky from a they rope. Spent, <laughs> they spent they spent a whole bunch of time with them loading a bike on the back of a roadster, but then didn't show the actual murdering of them. Yeah, but right. Like, yeah. Just you know something. Yeah. Something I want to mention just was fun. that uh, going back to the original accidental murder or, or manslaughter. I don't know how this crap works, but uh, it's interesting how these two actors <laughs> went from being accidental killers to gleeful oh, murderers. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> That's one of my like, favorite transitions. Yes, in, they found in, it to be so fun. They got that yeah. so much. And, you know, you yeah. might, both of you might like the show. Do you know the show Psychoville? No, I'm not no, familiar. No, I don't. Uh, okay, it's, it's by the guys who did uh, the League of Gentlemen uh, uh, comedy series in Britain. Mm-hmm. And uh, it follows like six different people who basically were all released from the same uh, uh, asylum and how it's, it's horror, it's slightly supernatural. But they have two characters called David and Maureen. And uh, the the storyline is basically uh, Marine is the overprotective mother of David, a boy who or a young man who is just obsessed with murderers and murderers. And slowly it reverses and she becomes like a murderer and quite good at it and gets to like it. And it's one of my favorite transitions. Uh, highly recommend Psychoville for everybody who likes murders. Well, the weird <laughs> well, the weird thing, the weird thing with this, though, is that's not a thing like, oh, I've got a taste for murder. They just get just happy and gleeful laughing getting away with it. They just seem to really like each other. <laughs> yes. It's a good so. relationship. Well, I mean, they like each other, but then they don't. I mean, he's trying They're to like uh, get with the uh, like a the script Benny goes. Hill, the Benny Hill busty lady who's working on the play. Oh, the, oh, which. Oh, Miss Dudley. Yeah. Reminded me of the funeral scene, which is just crazy. Oh, man. And wonderful. Crying, <laughs> the fake crying, and the wonderful and the wonderful cutaway to Richard Basehart where he's rolling his eyes at her performance, <laughs> being sad, which is such a just uh, directorially, that's a great thing to throw that in there. It's just like, oh my god, like yeah, that that was very funny. And plus, but then also the one thing that gets me about that scene, it's so strange, is that's the scene where Columbo starts talking to her, and somehow he's able to make his mind up right then that. It's her and the husband. Like, it's from then on, it's, like, off to the races for him. Like, he seems convinced right there that it's them doing it. And it seems like maybe it's set up from the fact that their play poster was in the, um, or the the, the poster for the play was in, like, the uh, study of uh, Sir Haversham. I don't know what it is, but he just locks in at that moment. And from then on, it's just strange. I don't really get exactly what it is that, does it? I thought her, I right? thought it was her horribly fake grief performance. Okay, yeah, yeah. but I mean, uh, I don't know. For me, it was it was interesting because, like I said, I didn't know the show until I listened to your podcast, and I've listened to you talk about how Columbo will toy with the murderer and how he enjoys. Oh, and he does it so much in this one. Yeah. Oh, he really, really oh, does the a lot. Backsta- so, the backstage party scene is great. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, the editing in that was great, cutting back and forth between their answers to his questions. With uh, the middle I, I, sentences, were yeah, great. right where people yeah. people were interrupting, people were coming up to, to congratulate them, or and whatever, he's yeah. doing the he's doing the Columbo ingratiating himself thing. There you go. Yes. Oh, it's terrific. Really nice. Oh, yeah, yes. thrilling. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I saw I saw Hamlet in high school, but uh, yeah. Um, oh, and and that actually reminds me. I want to go back to when uh, when Sir Roger was murdered. I was very surprised in the scene of Sir Roger barging into the dressing room that both Lillian and Sir Roger said the name Macbeth. In the theater. Oh, no, yes. She I thought, yes. Too. I was thinking that, too. I've always thought that's a silly, dumb, ridiculous sure. thing. But, yeah, I, when I was but, watching that, uh, Laura and I were both just like, oh, hey, he said Macbeth. That's wow. weird. Right. Yeah, you she don't expect really that. Yeah. She says Macbeth. Like, she <laughs> makes sure to get that cut in the Mac. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, really... they just don't give a crap. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. defiant. Although, maybe and, that's maybe that's foreshadowing. They both said it right before an accidental murder. It could Ooh, be. Well, yeah. Thought, yeah, sure. This spells doom for everyone. But this is when Sir Roger uh, pushes Lillian and knocks her down. And I thought, oh, I can't wait for this man to be murdered. Yeah. There's an interesting thing they yeah. say. Yeah, after, yeah it was a little rough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where they're, they're arguing or uh, Basehart's character is saying that they could 
just claim it was self-defense. And, and her response is, no one would believe that of Sir Roger Haversham. Hmm. But he clearly is a hyper-violent guy. He threw the, he broke the pearls all over the floor. He tried right. to strangle yeah. her, shoved her. He's clearly violent. And actually, up to that point, they were the victims. Even though they were trying to scam him, he was trying to murder him. You know? Yeah, it was, this is yeah. one of those ones where, like, um, it, it's... I'm sure someone's got a breakdown of this somewhere on the internet. The, the Columbo murders where it's inadvertent and the heat of the moment versus the uh, premeditated thing. Sure. And I, I actually, I kind of, if anyone's listening and they've seen that, let us know. I'd like to know like some sort of breakdown of the percentage of that to see which ones were, oh, they accidentally killed someone that had to cover it up as opposed to, well, I hated this person. They were in my way for, Owning a hotel, and so then I murdered them. No, but hey, listen, listen, man, after breezing through uh, four seasons of this in about a week, I can tell you that this is one of only two episodes that come to mind really quickly of uh, situations where it wasn't a very carefully planned out murder. Hmm. Most of them really are, at least in the first four seasons, which are the only ones I've seen. What was? What do you think um, Lillian was trying to accomplish by throwing a jar of cold cream <laughs> at two struggling men? I think, oh, I think you know. it's it's about the same as a guy throwing a empty pistol at Superman's chest. I don't know. <laughs> he was just going to bounce off instead of yeah. going through his. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of hit him and annoy him, <laughs> as opposed to just hitting the exact right spot on the skull where a jar of cold cream will crack things open and cause a brain hemorrhage. Yeah, little known fact about Sir Roger Havisham, he has a uh, he's he, he's kept his soft spot from when he was an infant. <laughs> yes, apparently so. <laughs> and uh cuz I mean I again, very fond of Honor Blackman, uh but uh, I don't think she pitches uh uh like Randy Johnson is my guess. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think that was likely, a 95 mile uh, fastball. Likely not. not so much. Oh, my goodness. So uh, right at the murder, uh, when we had Kevin O'Mara, our, our mutual friend Kevin O'Mara, on a oh, few episodes ago. Your mutual guy. friend. <laughs> uh, but uh, Kevin was, was asking us about the music. Oh, uh, there was, yeah, there, I, was, I wrote that down. There's some odd Yeah, there's music, some weird musical choices. Here, here. Well, right after Haversham is killed, they're doing this tense music. And they've added an instrument that sounds like a squeaky shoe. Yes, <laughs> yes. So it's just like... Whoink, whoink. An odd school. Who did the music? In the uh, John, you've clearly, you've never been to England, John. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, is that a like? thing. That's a thing you you hear a lot there. <laughs> of course, <laughs> because it's so damp there. Right. That's actually just rising damp. Oh yeah, that's all it is. Dirk Denebectis did the music score. He also did a bunch of these too. I think. Is he Matlock diagnosis murder? Um. Wait. What? See the ancient Roman version of Dirk Benedict? Yes, I guess so. <laughs> Dirkus Benedictus. Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's done tons and tons of like, uh, detective shows pretty much. The, the, the squonk noise was a very unusual choice. <laughs> I would love to know what his reasoning was that what this scene needs is the sound of someone trying to get through mud in galoshes. Which fits in with the, uh, whole Columbo being in London thing. London. Uh, and also speaking of music, I'm very fond of the medley they played during the changing of the Queen's Guard. Yes. Uh, I don't recall. Which uh, it was it was just sort of like, uh, I'm sure, a copyright free mishmash <laughs> uh, because it was some song I didn't recognize, some sort of march that turned into Scotland, the brave. OK. At one point and then into London bridges falling down, <laughs> which I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm going to say 90 percent sure is not what they actually play at the changing of the. No, actually, what they the play house. usually is uh, this old man. Right. That's what they <laughs> usually honor. play. Do you think they, uh, I think they probably just do like a You Got Served thing and the band comes out and they just do a big number? <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Right. They play like Funky Town or Little yeah. Lucy Collins and then they just do a big syncopated routine and take off. I, I was, I actually speaking of that with the tourist stuff, I was surprised they, they were to me uh, relatively uh, more subdued than I thought they would be about the uh, montages of going around ye old London town and Columbo would be yeah. amazed by it. There was a nice gag where with Big Ben where he looks at his watch and says like, ah, oh, something that old. It's only one minute off. You know, so there's, <laughs> there's a little bit of that, but not nearly as much as I would have thought of like being like a facts of life or what family did, ties what, going to Europe kind of thing. I thought they did. What get, did Dirk say to that? Cause that was a great response. I don't, another, I don't remember. I don't remember. He said, you know what? I, I kind of remember, but it made no sense to me at all. He said something about like, 
put another penny on the governor, which like oh yeah, that's, that's what he says. No, it's it's is that an expression? Well, no, it's like you put it on the clock. You put weights on the uh, clock mechanism to get it to slow down a bit so it'll be on time. Well, so it like, shows how much I know about yeah, old that's what clocks. That <laughs> yeah, Manning Manning doesn't own a TV or a clock. <laughs> that's, that's right. True. That's, that's, that's right. how cool the wheels. Keep it. Yeah. <laughs> I use the sun. <laughs> Screw you, clock technology people. Uh, I'm, I, uh, using, I'm, using, I'm using a sundial in Williamsburg. <laughs> but yeah, they were going around London. London has a really super famous wax museum, Madame Tussauds, right? Yeah, but this was the London wax museum. Yeah, this was the London wax museum. <laughs> this one is publicly financed and includes, for some reason, theater producers. Yes. Yeah, I got a note. I got a note in my Word document about that. And what is that? It, Oh, just that, oh, do people really want to see a wax statue of a theater producer? And so also, you, have, you have never been, you, I take it, you have never been to the uh, Madame Tussauds in New York and seen the wonderful Cameron McIntosh <laughs> and uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber exhibit. It's wonderful. It's like three no. rooms, just those guys he, sitting at desks in various positions uh, talking to people on the phone. Uh, about writing musicals. It's, it's hey man, a look, wonderful thing to see. Clearly, Amazing I'm, in the, I'm in the wrong because there were at least two shots in this episode that showed the people lining up in oh, the yeah. streets. Oh, yeah. Well, they were so excited, <laughs> to, excited to, to come to in and see, see this exhibit. Oh, boy. Yeah. Of Sir Roger. It, yeah, the only things in the Wax Museum, too, were like the two actors and Sir Roger. So <laughs> maybe they were maybe they're giving away hot dogs and balloons, too. <laughs> I, yeah, there was not a lot going on in that museum. Yeah. <laughs> Except that when they go in to try to switch the umbrellas, the mm-hmm. wonderful just in the basement, like it becomes like a weird Scooby-Doo oh, sitcom oh, thing, yeah. which was fun and strange. They, they but, drop the wax head, but don't damage it somehow. Yes. That's weird. And then see the really weird one on the shelf that just the freaks them one. out. Yes, yeah, the monster yeah, one. Yeah. It just, it's from a completely different TV show. It just... This thing gets so broad and strange sometimes where you can't like I those two actors playing those two characters, the couple a TV show of them having misadventures would be a good show. <laughs> like, like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't constantly, constantly lengthening list of TV shows starring minor characters in Columbo episodes. They're definitely on there. The, the adventures of those two crappy actors being jerks. I, I, I think that. I th- what is it, Hart, what, what is the old uh, Hartford? Not Hart versus Hart to Hart. Hart to Hart. Heart heart. Yes. They, they're like the mirror universe Hart to Hart. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. I think they'd be perfect. Like just going yeah. around doing evil. Yes. Glamorously with their with their Max, who happens to be Tanner the Butler. Yeah. Oh my God. See again. We've got it. We've printed Another money for a TV network in 1978. <laughs> I was kind of hoping the wax museum thing was going to go a little broader because. Right. When you're in a you're in a wax museum, you've got I think that it went opportunity. Broad, ah, but you you have the like what? the opportunity for the life? torture room. No, the torture room. Oh, and the oh. medieval torture stuff, and that you know you've got the hammer horror tradition, so you can yeah. get some nice little stuff in there. And I think uh, Blackman had just been in her first horror movie. Oh, really? I hmm. think. Oh, really? <laughs> What what was that? that? Oh, just her being exciting and I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) I don't know. Just turned on by the reference that she had a role. (laughs) I guess so. Oh, she was employed. All right. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. I don't even know what's going on. Oh, she worked for scale, huh? Well, tell me more. (laughs) That was a craft service. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Jesus. Um, but the uh, but something that the 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 art the art museum the well it is an art I don't want to discount the wax sculptors. <laughs> more of an I'm sorry, I shouldn't right. say the art slash wax museum. Uh, one thing that bothered me was when Columbo gets there after they've switched the umbrellas and he's convinced he's got them, he's got the thing. It turns out no, that's not the case. Oh. I, I was very bothered by the fact yeah. that all of those goddamn limeys were making fun of him, laughing at him, yeah. being condescending. Sit on sit my couch things? going, come on, USA, USA. <laughs> Don't do that to Columbo. Don't do that to our yeah, LA that, cop. Back in 72, also, wasn't it that like if Columbo solved a murder overseas, uh, McDonald's gave free Big Macs <laughs> the next day? Isn't that how that works? <laughs> it 
think so. So everyone's waiting at home. God, oh. Got their tickets, come oh. on. The one episode he doesn't do it. <laughs> so at the end, with the, they see that pearl go in the cup, like, oh, thank oh. God. Oh, but that was... Which oh, that? Man. That was some bullshit, man. I don't know. I liked it because it was strange. I liked yeah, it but, because... Uh, but, you know, it, it... So, okay. So I watched, again, 30 episodes in the space of right. a week. Yes. And... And Columbo, obviously, you guys have talked about this a lot of times in your episodes. Uh, you know, he outwits these people. They they underestimate him. And in the end, obviously, he's smarter. He's more insightful. He's got it all together. This time, he did a, a superhuman thing, a superhuman feat. You know what I mean? Like, you can't count on that to nail a murderer. Oh, right? he does, but, though. He's been able he to did. do it over and over but again. He, he his entire did. life. He's yeah. got no, a bionic no, eye, no. and he can shoot a pearl into sure, no, a, I an mean, umbrella. He can count on his intellect and his wit, absolutely. But the the thumb the flicking of well, the, the coughing, pearl, the coughing and the thumb thing, the coughing oh, is a distraction boy. to then yeah. do it. Yeah, that that was garbage. I didn't like that. Uh, I was fine with. it. I thought it was charming. I, I kind of don't yeah. like that he he entrapped a man into. into well, him. yeah, right. Oh, that to, was. He just goes oh, crazy. right, yeah, yeah. right. Because he's just like exciting. not only did he like illegally entrap him, then that was it for Richard Basehart. Snap. He's a madman. Yeah. 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 Just was he just eating? Oh, maybe. <laughs> was Lillian keeping him together this whole time? Actors, actors are like children. Although, uh, well, going you back know to what? Our... Though, not you're talking about. I think that might have been him putting on a thing to fake it. Uh, start setting up his uh, insanity plea or yes. whatever. That yeah. Yeah. Because when he's getting, because when he's getting in the car afterward, he looks fine. <laughs> Calls yeah. a cucumber. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. Yeah. Get. In I there. think that. I think he was faking it, probably. One of the things Basehart established was that his character seemed to have kind of a a, a really gruesome sense. Actually, they both kind of had a gruesome sense of humor. Oh, yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. They're so laughing I think, all the time about murdering yeah. someone. So I think maybe that's him just cracking himself up now. So I'm going to recite Macbeth's yeah. final yeah. soliloquy. Yeah, I don't, think, yeah. I don't think he lost it there. I think he just – he's either doing what you said or he's just – Lay in the groundwork, like oh, but I went crazy. Oh, uh-huh. you know actually, what I was, was and you know, and you know, as soon as they get up there at the the Bailey or whatever the hell they call it there, um, there he's going to be just turning on her like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, the first murder was her, like testifying against her, like they're both upper class British. All the, you know, they're going to get off of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I did I forgot to write down, but I, I was thinking about was you know that. Peter Falk really enjoyed working with uh, Jack Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And we talked in the previous Jack Cassidy episode about the fact that he was wildly manic depressive. Right. And I think we told the story about, that Shirley Jones told about yes, we did. when they were on tour together. Right. I was actually episodes. wondering if if um, Lillian Stanhope and Nicholas Frame were meant to be, like, if they were referencing that that story at all. Really? I just got, because when he breaks down and goes nuts... Well, how many? How many had he worked? How many times had he worked with him at this point? They had done Murder by the Book. This is second yeah. season, right? I think this is I only think... this. They only worked with him once, maybe. Yeah, but publish and perish. Maybe... Publish or perish, and yeah. um, now you see him. We're still like another season or two off. But that that story must have been pretty well known. Yeah, probably. So I'm just wondering if that was like partly what inspired it, because she really does go straight to him when he starts to lose it. Yeah. And she she tries to get him back into shape, and I was just thinking about if that was at all related to I the mean, Jack. It, could be, it could be, or it could just be just yeah, it could just very be theatrical character. acting couples are like that. Theater folk are weird people. Not as <laughs> bad like, as not as bad like as children. nerds, but they're up there. Oh, oh my goodness! Every day, every time. Ah. Right. Yeah, I was uh, I was a little. I I watched this one I think three times, and I was really hoping to find an actual parallel to Macbeth in it. <laughs> oh, really? And it was, I really had to strain for it. I think you can't. I think Macbeth is so beside the point, especially for these yeah. people. They're only wanting to do it. They only want to do the show because it's this prestige thing to do because they are so shallow and egotistical. Yeah. They, they, they don't give a crap if it's Macbeth. They don't give a crap. It's just they know that'll get people in the seats or they know that'll make them seem fancier and more highfalutin for their faded careers. And I think I that's believe... it at all. I think that's the entire thing for them. And they're so desperate to protect that 
You guys keep saying Macbeth. I'd prefer you say the Scottish podcast, please. <laughs> I, although this did give me the delightful idea of, because, you know, I have those books that have uh, um, Columbo solving the Kennedy assassination oh, and, yes. and Columbo solving the Manson murders. I'd love to see a series <laughs> of books where Columbo just shows up at the end of Shakespeare's tragedies and solves them. <laughs> just, <laughs> just well, like. A nod. Uh, here comes again that lieutenant who so vexes me, and then uh, just speaks in the same language as Columbo does. Like the dialogue is just Columbo. And I was hoping with the iambic pentameter, but you know, ah. just, uh, <laughs> interesting Lord, twist ending. Interesting thing. twist ending where uh, Columbo's done all this work, put in all this effort, and he finds out at the end that uh, murder is actually not illegal in mm-hmm. England, and so all, all it was all for naught. <laughs> oh, it just was all for naught. Which is so, spelled speaking, out in curve in cursive at the end of the episode. Speaking, oh, for not. Speaking of endings, this this episode ends, and he just kind of walks across the street <laughs> as opposed to getting the car to go to his flight. That's right. Yeah. Because I'm kind of guessing, wouldn't he be involved in the no. stuff afterwards? No, 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 no. He's out. No, He's go out. home. Time to go home. No. All right. That's how it ends for him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. See you later. Cool. He, he columbo'd him. He got out of there. That's why he had to. That's what he's. That's what's his former line. Like in in Britain, the, the show goes on another minute, just long <laughs> enough for Peter Falk to say, "You got Columboed," and then he goes out. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably what, that was also why I was thinking he. That's probably why he entrapped them because they were clearly getting away with a lot of stuff thanks to Tanner's lies, right? And he had to go home. Like he couldn't live there forever. So he had to get them to the point where they were confessing to it, and just yeah, you know, and then just yeah. get out. Like finally get my plane back because it's not like yeah. in L.A. he can just keep showing up over and over. That's true. Yeah, and and one last thing I want to point out. Speaking of him showing up in place in L.A. and the, the L.A. versus London locations, when he first shows up at uh, Sir Haversham's estate, he's looking all around like, oh, look at this fancy English place. When it looks like the locations of a million places he's been to on Colombo before, pretty <laughs> yeah, much. Absolutely. It looks like a very L.A. house. And that just struck me as like, eh, it looks like a place you've been to on the series before now, pretty yeah. much. The exact the layout. It, it looked more poorly lit than most. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think was how they were trying to like make it look less Californian. Like, let's get, turn so. off some of the lights. Guys, because uh, we're looking at looking in the background, like, okay, can I, where were palm trees? Palm trees? No. Shoot. Okay, no palm trees is shut. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, overall, uh, what did you think of this episode? Good? Bad? Like, eh, it was okay. Uh, Manning, how about you? Having seen well, so many of these in such a short sure, amount of time, yeah. uh, where, for, for, where does this one land for you? For me, this is the good one. I actually put together a list off the top of my head of, of those four seasons that I watched, my favorite episodes, and six of them came to mind. I jotted them down. And oh. this is one of the, this is one of those six. Oh, so, really? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't have them in any particular order, but I have six of the first 30 or so that I really, really thought were, were fun all the way through. Uh, go ahead. I, please do. Oh, oh, sure. Well, okay, here we go. In order, they are Murder by the Book, the first episode mm-hmm. with the... Uh, the writing partners uh, and uh, suitable for framing. My, my favorite thing with the, uh, the art critic, uh, this, this one dagger of the mind comes up as the third. And then wow. okay. any old port in a storm is the one with the, the wine snob played yep. by Donald Pleasance. I enjoyed that one very, very much. Oh, and a great thing about that one on Netflix is that every time they speak French, uh, the subtitles say speaking Italian, and I really enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, really? that was, yeah, that was good. That's every time, peculiar. every time Donald Pleasance uh, you know, toasts someone, says "A votre santé," speaking Italian. That's so book. peculiar. Yep. Oh, Swan song, just because I love Johnny Cash so, so, so dearly, mm-hmm. and uh, and Troubled Waters, the uh, the cruise episode, one of only two I've seen. I've so only far. seen part of that. Okay, so this is one of only like two that, though, that, don't play, that don't take place in Los Angeles, and right. interestingly, the fellow who plays uh, Dirk. The uh, the uh, oh what right, yes, he's the captain of the ship in that one. Not not the captain. He's like the one of the one the, of the main the, guys, the officers. Yeah. But yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah I forgot yeah, yeah. he was in there. Yeah. So same fella. I thought he was Rip Taylor or somebody, but yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, that's it. Those my those are my six my six episodes that stood out as episodes that I thoroughly enjoyed oh, okay. because they were fun. They might not be the smartest or the best, but they're really really fun. No, no, so, those yeah, no, that, that that's that, yeah. I, I agree with you. I've only not seen. Two of those, I think. So, yeah. But the other ones, I really like. I mean, yeah, Any Port and Storm, I really... I'm looking oh, forward man, to talking yeah. about that one because I really, really like that one even more than I thought I would. Yeah, I love that one. It's maybe my favorite. I really like I it. probably wouldn't like it as much as the Mrs. Columbo with Donald Pleasance, but I'm sure <laughs> it'd be a close second. 
Oh, I'm sure it came, it came compare, I'm sure. But. Yes. I can't wait till the next Christmas special. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, John, what yeah. did you think of this one? I'm actually really, really fond of it. Like I say, I wish it had stayed in London as opposed to just doing the, yeah. the shoot, the shots there. Uh, but well, I love you know what? Blame the, the Tories for that <laughs> okay. and their okay. tax policies. And the taxes. I have, I have no idea what who did that, but yes. I'm going to blame uh, the Tories because I like that word. Fair enough. Anyway. Anyway. Um, no, I, I, I really love it. For some reason, Richard Basehart's accent delights me. Oh, I love it. Immensely. Love it's so it. loud and roaring he's and rumbling. So, he's such a great, stupid, egotistical yeah. theater guy. Uh, and he does that I, so well. A ham and a tart. That's yes. Sir Roger uh, calls the a tour. ham and, and a he tart. Does it. A ham yeah. And tar- yeah. Possibly oh, a good name for this episode. Possibly. I'm thinking that about is, it. That's one of two. That's one of two. I'm throwing it out there. The other did you want to guess the other the other one would have been Manning? Oh gosh, uh, no, I got nothing. What do you got? It it might be. I have never been so shook. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know. We, we'll see. Yeah, that's good. I'm really that's with Ham and a Tart, man. That's been my that favorite. That is pretty since funny. Before. I don't know. Ham it's so tart. good. Well, we'll see how that's I feel. Also, the name of my bread and breakfast. It's also the name of my bed and breakfast. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but no, I I love this one, and like I say, really, I love the roaring accent. I for some reason I got a real fondness for Bernard Fox. I although I couldn't pin down exactly why. Oh no, he's he's just this and really he didn't pleasant, touch this episode, yeah. but he's just really. He's, He's, a, he's an edifice, you know. He's just something that appears and gives yeah. a certain amount of class to it. Both Honor Blackman and Richard Basehart seem to be having a blast as these oh, guys. Oh, yes, yes. Always rewarding. Horrible, uh, horrible yeah, I blast. Um, yeah, same here. I I had not seen this one. And when it first started, the whole thing where it felt like it was some, some bizarre British farce was throwing me for a little mm-hmm. bit, but I just got to like it and i love the fact that they did that and threw that into a columbo episode somehow and it yeah it just it just works and there's a lot of really great uh, columbo stuff in here though the thing is he's not even supposed to be on this case he's just tagging along with this guy uh he's supposed to be just hanging out with for a few days and just right away immediately things don't seem right and he just yeah. starts go to his instincts and just starts investigating and starts seeing exactly what's wrong because He's Columbo, and that's what you want from Columbo. And it just, yeah, it all just completely, it just, it's strange. It feels like it shouldn't work, but it all just does work somehow. Yeah, it's good. I liked it. Good thing. So, good good episode of Columbo, I suppose, we're all saying. I think so. If you yes. want to check it out, uh, watch it. Uh, Netflix, watch instantly. Get the DVDs, or hopefully it'll show up on um, uh, MeTV or some like local station that's running it these days. So there we go. Uh, well, thank you, Manning, uh, for doing this. We appreciate it. I'm glad you've uh, gotten to like the program. It's been my great pleasure. Thank you so much. Right? <laughs> um, uh, folks, if they want to see uh, the work you do, because you, you, I mean, you're not just a bon vivant and raconteur. Uh, you, you're an artist. You do a lot of art stuff. Uh, where should people go to find out about what's going on with you and what you're doing? Oh, jeez. I don't know. I mean, my, my main thing on the internet is coolstuffinparis.com, which is my blog about living oh, in Oh, yes, Paris. of course. It's, yeah. it's good, yeah. Uh, that, uh, that's the number one. And then, uh, you know, the rest of my junk is at manandcurl.com, just my regular website about uh, web design and illustration and all that nonsense. Well, I, you're discounting things, but no, your illustration yeah. is good. I mean, you, you know, I'm uh, telling you folks out there, uh, the, this comic uh, that just came out around the holidays, Boo, Holiday Stories, we talked about it back then, a holiday episode. Uh, Manning... Uh, drew this this story that I wrote this like a uh, horror well it wasn't really even horror it was kind of no it was like, oh, it wasn't like, really scary was, it, it, it was, was kind of heartwarming it had, it had it had Dracula <laughs> it had Dracula <laughs> and Frankenstein the Wolfman yeah did you did Christmas you get the memo about it being a horror comic now that I think about it <laughs> it had monsters but anyway uh, Manning did, did, just, did this knockout job of uh, making uh, the, the stuff I wrote actually look good and look like it I thought of it in my head so the guy's yeah. good at it so it's go fun. look at his stuff it's it's awfully darn good is what I'm thank saying. Thank you. So yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah. Thank you for doing this. Um, if you want to listen to other episodes of Just One More Thing, New or Old, go to thecitydesk.net/slash Just One More Thing. We're also on uh, Twitter at JOMT Podcast. We're on uh, Tumblr, Team Columbo. Uh, hopefully, we'll have those uh, French Columbo videos up there soon. Both those places. Um, yeah, but uh, please write to us, Columbo at thecitydesk.net. Uh, we love getting emails from you folks. You guys send us a lot of good stuff. And also the comments, like we said last time, <laughs> a lot deeper stuff than we even think of looking yeah, at these I, things. 
So it really you helps. Get, you us. get a little smarter every time you leave. And, a and it, it really helps with the show actually looking at the stuff and actually things you folks write about upcoming episodes actually helps us like look at do a bit more research and uh, go down those uh, those routes too. But yeah, that's the show for this time. Um, thank you for listening. I'm R.J. White. I'm John Morris. And uh, we'll talk to you next time about Columbo. Oh, listen, just one more thing. Certainly, Lieutenant. Gee, I hope I put the film in right.